Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 884. You know, if there's something you're really passionate about or interested in, you're thinking about doing something about it, you know, just go for it. You got very little to lose. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. That's right. I've got three guys on the line today here at Cars Yeah. I've got the brothers Steve and Jordan Melnick and Keith Zang. Hey, guys, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. absolutely. All right, cool. Steve Melnick, his brother Jordan Melnick, and Keith Zang are three guys from New York City who share a passion for cars that led them to create classic car chasers. While each one pursued different careers, Steve is in finance, Jordan is in accounting, and Keith is in advertising, it's their love of cars is that was the catalyst for creating classic car chasers. Their motto for the love of classics comes from their shared passion, so they created a website where they buy, sell, and promote classic cars by featuring special automobiles on their site that they find around the world. Their hobby is rapidly growing into a following of enthusiasts where they connect people with the classic cars. Very cool thing you guys are doing. I have told our listeners just a little bit about you, so would each of you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your careers, your life, and an obvious passion for automobiles? And I think we'll start with Steve here. Yeah, Mark, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. So you have a pretty unusual story, I think, relative to probably a lot of your guests. Um, we each pursued kind of normal careers. So you mentioned, you know, finance, accounting, and marketing. Always have that passion of classics kind of brewing. And Jordan and I are brothers, so you know, since a young age, just sharing photos with cars. I think a love of modern cars evolved to a love of classics. And then we kind of got really into the auction scene. So we spend a ton of our time on, you know, Arm Sotheby's, Bonham's, Meekum's, just all the auction sites, just browsing the catalog. And I always felt that there was, you know, really great photography. The stories around the cars were really well articulated, but there wasn't really the outlet uh, for those stories. So, you know, classic car chasers kind of was the outlet for that that we created. And then we were doing this for a while, but, and, and wanted to bring someone else in. And that's kind of where Keith came in. So Keith, I don't know, maybe you want to tell a minute how you yeah, got involved? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I followed these guys for a little bit and then, you know, they were always putting up really great context. So one day I kind of emailed them and was just like, Hey, what's going on? Would you guys want to, you know, maybe chat and, and sort of talk about where we can take classic car chasers and the relationship sort of just developed from there. And now we probably text each other nonstop all day long about cars. So what started out as Jordan and Steve texting about cars and sending pictures constantly evolved into me, Jordan and Steve texting about cars constantly and really sort of developing a tone and, you know, really trying to connect with people who also love cars. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and, and to add on that, it's really interesting how we really evolved, you know, from obviously my brother and I, you know, had an ongoing relationship, but Keith has really become like the, like, a, like a third brother to us. It's really great to have a group of people that we can, you know, talk about cars. 
the brother, yeah. brother from another mother. The brother from another mother. <laughs> I like, I like that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what's great about what you guys are doing is uh, for Steve and Jordan and, and even Keith, you guys have professions, but you found a way to wrap your passion into something active here that you are creating into a whole new entity. And who knows where it will go from here. But that's what I love about what's going on with the world today is we can create these things like this podcast for Cars Yeah and what you guys are doing, Classic Car Chasers. And you can create these whole things around your passion for relatively inexpensive and then who knows? Some guy named Keith might call you and jump in on board and help you where you're you're maybe a little weak in some areas, and it just grows from there. So I love your story, and as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So I think I'm going to start with you, Steve. I kind of have a funny one. Uh, you know, if there's something that keeps coming up to my mind. It's just the client is not always right, so that's an Enzo Ferrari quote. I think what we find is, um, you know, working with clients, it's maybe not as familiar with social media um, and getting them to kind of cater to what we think might perform well and what we think may perform well and what they think might perform well can differ. Uh, so I think it's, you know, sometimes a challenge to get to come to the kind of mutually beneficial outcome and trying to think about, you know, what will perform well on social. Uh, so something that, you know, is a delicate balance that we've worked at a lot over time. Sure. Yeah, mine would probably be if uh, God had meant for us to walk, why did he give us feet that fit car pedals? And <laughs> Sir Sterling Moss kind of said that. And I've always thought it's it's kind of true, you know. Man's a lot like the Porsche 911, right? It's just constantly evolving. And, you know, we've always been looking for ways to go faster, go higher, and you know, really try to achieve our potential and evolve. And that, that's kind of why I've always loved that quote. And for me, I'm going to take a slightly different approach here. Uh, mine is whatever Steven can do, I can do better. Oh. Um, and that, that's always been, the, you know, the brother rivalry uh, thing going. So <laughs> nothing has changed here with, with faster car chasers. Well, you know, it keeps each of you guys sharp and on your toes. I, I know what, looking way back, my mom said, marry a smart woman because she'll keep you on your toes. Now, I think that was a female trick because I did that. I married a gal who was way smarter than me. And boy, does she keep me on my toes. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I think that's a good thing for the most part. And it's it sounds like for you guys, that's a good thing as well. Well, let's go back in time for each of you individually and talk about what instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your lives when you knew you were indeed car guys? Steve? Yeah, so I'll start out. I, I imagine Jordan probably shares the same one as me. So growing up, we had we had a neighbor down the street who was constantly getting new cars and really cool cars. I mean, kind of modern day Ferraris, and this is in, you know, the 90s. So, you know, what may be a classic now was modern day then, but Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, just kind of full variety of stuff. And he would just flip cars constantly. So I remember, you know, being 12, 13 years old and running down to the, the end of the cul-de-sac and seeing all those new cars delivered. I think that's brewed a lot of it. And then over the years, it's just, you know, it's kind of kept Jordan and us close together. So to events, kind of constantly communicating about cars. I mean, it's been a really nice thing that we've had between us. Keith being the brother from another mother, we've uh, we got one more person to share the bond with now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it was um, it was really this uh, Porsche 930 Turbo. So I'm a bit older than these guys, and a friend of my father's had a had a I believe it was an 85 or 86 red 930 Turbo. And I remember he came to the house one day in that car, and I was probably about five years old or six years old, and he took me for a ride in it, and I pretty much have said, I'm going to get one of these one day. I don't have one, but I will get one one day still. There's still a lot of time left in life. Oh, yeah. Porsches have uh, pretty much skyrocketed. So Porsches have skyrocketed, and it's also caused a lot of turmoil between uh, me and Jordan. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, why is that? 
Because he loves the 996, and I can't stand it. Oh, well, I think I'm with you on that, Jordan, a little bit. I've got an 87 930, by the way. So when you come out here to the Pacific Northwest to visit, I'll toss you the keys, and you can take it for a drive. How's that? Uh, thank you. I, <laughs> I very much appreciate that. Now, did I make a big mistake there, Steve? Is he is he okay, driver? Uh, that's debatable, but, uh, you know, it's your car, not mine. Oh, thanks <laughs> we, a lot. We haven't spoken about that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I mean, I also love 930s, but um, the 996, I just think it's it's underappreciated by the by the Porsche community, and uh, and I, I don't see why that is. So. Well, you know, yeah, we could probably get into a whole hour-long debate on that one, but, so we won't go down that path, but I love all, all things that are roll-on rubber, I should say. I love all things that roll-on rubber, but uh, sorry for messing up. So I guess it's Keith I just offered my car to. Uh-oh, the marketing guy. Now I'm in big trouble. <laughs> That's fine. I'm going to have to pull that one back. Now, I've been a big 911 fan for a long time. I've had a lot of those cars, but my current toy 911 is a 930. So uh, I'll make sure I send you a picture of that thing. It's pretty cool. But I think we're a pretty good safe distance. We're across the country, so I don't have to worry too much (laughs) about knocking on my door tonight or anything like that. No, you don't. (laughs) Well, let's uh, crawl under the hood here and get our hands a little dirty and talk about challenges and failures. This is always a favorite part of the show for me. Have each of you guys talked talk about a big challenge you came up against, or even better, a big failure. Walk us through that. But of course, these situations teach us things, and that helps us grow stronger. So I'm going to start with Steve, then move to Jordan, and then to Keith. So uh, what was your big challenge, your big failure, Steve? Yeah, and maybe, maybe if I can take it for the group, or maybe these guys have something else, but I'd say kind of the continuous challenge is, is the balance. So, you know, we we have full-time jobs. We all have, um, you know, significant others, which we love very much. And Balancing that with classic car chasers is always a challenge. I mean, I think, you know, the passion kind of keeps us going and we found a a good balance, but that's always been a little bit tough for us, especially at times of of stress. So, you know, Jordan's taking the CPA exam, for example, or he's got a kid on the way and I, you know, my own things going on in life. So just keeping, uh, keeping the page active and making sure the content's the highest caliber. Uh, It's challenging, but also very rewarding. That's why it's sometimes good to have three of us too. Um, yeah, yeah, to really help out because there is so much content and there's so much great stuff going on. You know, Steve and Jordan, I couldn't do it without them. I don't think Jordan could do it without Steve. Steve <laughs> couldn't do it without, you know, that we all just kind of work together to make this happen. And I think Steve could probably do it without all of us or so he likes to tell us, but you know, no, that's not, I mean, uh, he, he did go away for a week. He did go away for a week. The page, the page kept going. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I'm just joking. Well, you know, you guys touch on some important things here. When you look at people who are very busy and they're doing a lot of things, juggling a lot of balls, a lot of times people go, how on earth do you have the time? And one guy comes to mind. I follow a guy on – you guys, he's probably a little more akin to your age group, Gary Vaynerchuk, who has um, a lot of social media stuff. And he's always talking about hustling and working hard. And he talks about, you know, when you're at home watching TV at night, I'm working. Uh, when you're still in bed at 6 a.m., I've been up for an hour are working out, working, and so forth. And I guess the question I would have for you guys, for those listeners out there that are thinking, well, how do these guys do this? I mean, they've got families, they've got businesses, and then they're trying to do this passion thing on the side. I can't figure out how to fit that into my life. How do you guys do that exactly? What are some things you could offer the listeners here that might help them figure that out so they can do it too? It doesn't work for us. This is a passion. Ah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, you know, we really love this, so it, it comes really easily. I mean, you know, in terms of things that we do and, and kind of um, things we've learned over time, I think we're, we leverage technology a ton. So, 
know, we're texting constantly. We do uh, video calls every week or so. You know, we leverage like the Google app suite. I mean, communication is key, but it doesn't always have to be in person. Um, so just leveraging other ways to communicate. And then, you know, we, we get together pretty often and we have a lot of fun together. So yeah. as Jordan said, the fact that we all love doing it so much, uh, like, you know, and like you were saying, you know, instead of watching TV, you know, we're doing this, which is great. Exactly. Well, I think that's the key. That's what Cars Yeah is all about, is how to wrap your passion into what you're doing. And you guys have certainly figured out a way to do that in a pretty big scale, which is neat. And the other thing is a takeaway for me is surround yourself with great people. Having a team that you can rely on each other. When one of you is down, one of you has a challenge, one of you goes away for a week like Steve did. Gee whiz, what's the deal? Uh, (laughs) But, you know, there's also we need time, time with family, time away, time to kind of decompress. So I think that's another key is surrounding yourself with great people that can be helpful. Uh, Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to talk about a career aha moment, a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way down a new path. What were yours? Yeah, maybe I'll start with this. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, and I I can still actually remember the day pretty vividly, but hitting 10,000 followers on Instagram was, was a pretty pivotal moment. So, you know, we started this story and I really as just kind of a hobby. Um, it was taking cool content we found online and, you know, translating that to Instagram and going back, I guess, three or four years, um, you'd be amazed that really not that much car content on Instagram, especially not classic car content. So when things really started to pick up and, you know, at first it was really gradual. I remember hitting a thousand followers was a big deal. Uh, and then 10,000 followers just really felt substantial. So you went from kind of seeing the numbers spelled out, so, you know, 9999 to 10K. <laughs> uh, and that was a fun day. Uh, and you know, it's kind of been just upside from there. And, you know, I'd say also meeting Keith was probably the second p- biggest pivotal moment, or if not the most. So maybe, you know, yeah, take your take It's like that. watching the odometer roll over. Yeah. <laughs> 10,000 followers. You're just sitting there waiting for the, clock, uh, the auto to turn over. Yep. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where... This is where, you know, being uh, a creative really helps. I work with clients and there are things and there are stuff that we can't always necessarily say and do. And what we've been able to do with this is we've been able to tap into passion, to pop culture, to all different things. How do these cars make us feel? Why do we feel that way about this car? Maybe it was that we had a poster of one when we were younger or we saw one in, you know, called the sack growing up or we remember watching the car go out the window and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) It was sort of... Those moments that when I sort of met Stephen Jordan uh, that we felt was sort of lacking on the page. And what's really happened is, is that Jordan's an accountant and he, he does this thing called the accountant knows best. And, you know, that's really been one of the most popular things on our page. And it's really brought out. I think the three of us have sort of brought out the creativity in, in each other. Like I've learned things that I necessarily might not have known. And and they've learned how to be much more creative thinking in terms of how they write and how we present and what are the types of cars. And, you know, that's what's also made this more fun and and interesting. And I've learned what an S-curve is. Is that what it was? J-curve. I can't even get it right. (laughs) But I was close enough. The fact that I know what a curve is in accounting is is a huge deal for a a, a creative. Finance. 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 Sorry. You know, again, I'm just not getting it right, Steve. But nonetheless, that that's kind of been that was kind of a big moment when we, you know, to Steve's point, when when they hit ten thousand, and then when we found our voice and we found our place. 
I'd be looking for the apex in those curves as we go around the corner. So <laughs> hey, there, there's where I'd I be looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. What are some of the things that you found in Instagram, marketing through Instagram, that helped you grow in that avenue, in that venue? Because I love Instagram. It's great. I've got an Instagram page. Maybe you can offer me a couple tips to try to grow my following. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what we've tried, well, in Keith mentioned kind of finding our voice. And a big part of that was, you know, we have full-time jobs. We're at it. We're at a desk most of the day, but that doesn't make us any less of a car enthusiast. And we want to encapsulate kind of that voice of, you know, people who love cars. You know, they think about them all day in their free time, but maybe it's not their profession. And really, really try to connect with people who who are like us out there. And I think there are a lot of people. And I think you know that kind of tone has really resonated with people. And then also just you know not take ourselves too seriously. I mean, we we joke around a ton. I mean, I. Personally, the, my favorite part of the of doing this is just the conversations beforehand about the posts. So thinking, hey, we found this car. You know, what do you keep? What do you think about Jordan? And that kind of where that dialogue leads is is the most fun part. And then we try to encapsulate that and post out to Instagram. And I, I think that really resonates with people. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's also fun too because it's also led us to meet our our heroes. The other day we were at South Sotheby's and I got to meet uh, Magnus Walker. Nice. And if you're if you're a Porsche guy, he's He's the man, and and Jordan was very, very, very jealous, and I made sure to send him multiple pictures. <laughs> yeah, he's been a guest here on the show. In fact, he's going to be coming back really soon. He just wrote a autobiography, uh, his first book, which we'll be talking about when he comes back on the show. But yeah, he was my 100th guest, kind of a milestone guest for me way back, and I'm a big Porsche guy too, and I met him at the Works reunion the first year they had that during Car Week and got a picture with him. And of course, I have no hair, and he has kind of a lot of hair, so... <laughs> Uh, my wife made the joke of, well, there's your, uh, your brother from another mother. He just, uh, he just went another path. So yeah, definitely he's, uh, been an interesting influence on the Porsche market for sure. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? You mentioned reaching that 10,000 mark followers on Instagram. Certainly something to be proud of. The site you've built, the following you built, certainly something to be proud of. But are there specific things that stand out for each of you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, I think a big thing was, starting to collaborate a bit with the auction houses. So early on, you know, they were the primary resource for a lot of our content. I mean, they just kind of incredible. I mean, if you think about the, the a naturally rotating museum with, you know, incredible photography and incredible stories behind cars, you know, that was a lot of the basis for what we were, were sharing with people. And to now be collaborating with some of them is awesome. And being able to go to some events uh, meeting the people behind them. I mean, it's great. I mean, I love talking to collectors and people bidding on cars at auctions. I mean, everyone's got a great story. And you know, listening to some of your podcasts, just speaking, people speaking about the car community and how open it is and how it's kind of a common ground for a lot of people to speak about this, you know, common interest. And I love tapping into that. How about you other guys? I would say one of the, the proudest moments for me, I, I always love meeting, you know, the people that we see on TV because, you know, they're the ones that also inspired us before there was Instagram and Facebook and all these things. You know, these were the guys you'd see on Velocity and Discovery. And so it was sort of fun meeting them and, and that kind of stuff. Like we met Wayne Carini at the Greenwich Concourse. That was that was pretty cool to spend a minute talking to him. Like I said, we I got to meet Magnus Walker. That was pretty fun. I've met Rod Emery. Like these are all guys that, you know, we followed and we've seen their cars go through the auction houses. And it's it's a pretty cool moment when you realize, you know, we're not just Instagrammers, but we're now part of this car community that we we, we love so much and that people have sort of recognized. And when we got invited to things like Ferrari birthday and 
onto your podcast and stuff. That that for us is is pretty awesome. I think for me, one of the one of the things that I'm most proud of is you know that my brother and I were able to build something you know purely based on our on our passion and you know our brotherhood, and it's grown to something that's quite a bit bigger than us now. And 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 for me, that's just it's just really given us an identity, and it really makes me proud to be be a part of it. Well, you guys should be. You've really built a very, very cool entity here. And those guys you mentioned, Wayne Carini, Rod Emery, they've been guests on the show here, too. And it's so fun for me, too, to get to have them on the show and get to talk to these guys and learn a little bit more about them and, and realize that this big, huge family in the car hobby we have is we're all really good buddies. That's that's the one thing about the car collector business, the car hobby business. It's all really great people. No matter what socioeconomic background you come from, we all be kind, kind of equal players, if you will, when we get in a room and start talking about car. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time and talk about each of your first special vehicles. That first car you got that had a real big meaning for you. It might be your first car. Maybe it was your second or your third. What were they for you guys? Yeah, so this is Steve. You're not going to kill me, but uh, I actually don't have a car right now, which makes it kind of unique. So I would say my my special, most special and my one out of two cars is is my first car. So the 2004 uh, Acura TSX. Yeah, I probably spent six months researching the market and reading every magazine out there and kind of every small and mid-sized sedan comparison that existed at the time and honed in that I thought Acura was on top of the game, on top of its game at the time and I uh, got the TSX and the interior was kind of ahead of, of all the competition. Rack and pinion steering, you know, really nice styling. <laughs> you keep laughing at me because, you know, we actually uh, all have owned Acura. We all have owned Acura TSXs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, right. Jordan had a TL. Sorry. So maybe that's that's what's bringing us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It isn't the. Uh, no. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that was that was I mean, by and far the best car I've owned. But a lot of fun. Very cool. How about you guys? Um, Jordan. <laughs> I mean, so I'm actually only on my second car, but. Again, I'm gonna have to agree with Steve and go back to my to my first car being the, the one that got away. Uh-huh. And it's not very exciting, but it was my first car. It was a 2007 Acura TL, and it was better than my brother's TSX. And <laughs> for that reason alone, I, I just I just had a great love for it. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna have to separate you two. I'm gonna don't make me come back there and pull this car over. All right. <laughs> How about you, Keith? Yeah, now, I'm the only one that's had a real car. Ooh, car. Ouch! So I had a uh, 1997 Mustang GT fire engine red convertible, Ooh. and that was my most special car because when I was 16, my dad wouldn't buy me a car, and he said to me, "You have to graduate high school with three with a 3.0 GPA and come up with a down payment and first year's insurance." And when you're 16 years old, $3,000, it might as well be a million when you're working a minimum wage job. Sure. So, you know, I had always sort of loved these cars. I wanted one and I got one and it was awesome. It was loud like me. (laughs) It was absolutely ridiculous again, like me. And it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And it was a stick. Yeah. Oh, which better. Save the manual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even better. Well, you know, my wife and I bought an Acura Legend way back, a second new car we bought after cool. we... Those are awesome, man. Yeah, after we got married, and she had a, a Jetta GLI was the first car when we first got married, first new car we bought for her, a four-door, and then we bought that Legend, and gosh, we had that car for like 11, 12 years. It was an awesome car, really, really great car, took good care of my family, I had two little kids at the time, big, safe car, nice to take. We took a lot of road trips in that car. That's the only Acura 
Tracker I've ever owned, but really, really happy with that car. All the rest of them have been German before and ever since. So, well, I had a couple American cars thrown in there, but those don't count. <laughs> well, how about seller's remorse? And you guys are all young guys, so maybe you can't even answer this question, but do you have any of you have seller's remorse stories, cars that you let go that you wish you had back? Yeah, that Mustang. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds like it. Because now like I'm it. driving. I'm like Steve said. I'm having a kid, and you know, now I'm looking at family cars. So yeah, I'd like that one back. <laughs> it might. It might all be uh, the cars we mentioned. I mean, you know, it's something special about your first car. So I wish I kept it. I I, I see them on the street every now and again, and uh, it just reminds me of it. And you know, if, if only I had the the foresight to keep it around. Well, if I can offer you any advice from the old guy to the young guys, yeah, if there's a car that you really, really love, figure out a way to hang on to it, especially if you think there's a chance of it being a collector car, because i tell you that I could give you a big, long list of cars I wish I still had in my garage that are now worth a lot of money. But uh, at the time, I get it, having kids, my kids, yep, and then start saving now for college boys, because that's going to be a shocker when your kids get to that age. That takes care of some cars, that's for sure, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, well worth and, it. And as you can imagine, uh, parking is of a premium in New York City, so oh, gosh. you know yeah. there are a lot of cars that we would like to own, and maybe we would own if we lived in the Burbs, but it's just expensive to keep. I understand. My son uh, graduated from college a year ago, got a job in San Francisco, and he goes, Dad, you know what? I don't need a car here. It's too expensive. There's nowhere to park it. So uh, I'm just going to go carless. So (laughs) my boy, my boy. (laughs) So I sold his car. What's the current project? Like what's new and what's coming up for you guys with this website that you guys have created and what you're doing? Anything new that has you fired up and excited right now? Yeah, so I mean, when we when we brought Keith in, um, this is going back I guess about nine months ago. Um, we really focused on refining the the Instagram page, which we think is our kind of our core platform. Um, so really building out our tone, building out some some new features like the account knows best, and we have another feature feature called Are We There Yet, where we're kind of thinking about the classics that are are turning the page. So maybe maybe they were a modern car, and they're starting to become classics. Things like you know, the Acura NSX or E30 M3 or things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've gone to a really good spot on Instagram and we're, we're looking to kind of other platforms. So thinking about a, a email mailer, um, we really want to redo our website in the near term, something that we're, we've thought a lot about and are working towards. So those are probably some big things. And then I know Keith and Jordan are really adamant about video and, and want to get the YouTube pa- uh, channel up and running, but yeah. I'll let them talk about that. I mean, it comes again. One of the things we've always talked about is time. You know, you you even said it before. Starting a YouTube page is is a lot of work and a lot of time. And you know, but Steve brought a drone, so that's that's a step in the right direction. Cool. Uh, yeah, with, cool. with a gimbal, yeah. Now now we're uh, we're looking at cameras, and uh, and I'm working on my my physique. And you're working on your physique. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that would be something really, really exciting and something we'd love to share with people. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, definitely videos where it's happening. Well, here's some very introspective question for you guys. I'm going to ask each of you, if you were a car, what kind of car would you be? So we'll start with Steve again. Yeah, so maybe a little inflated opinion of myself, but uh, I'd like to think I'd be a 300 SL. So my... My <laughs> all-time favorite car is Mercedes 300L. Um, and like a 300 SL, so I think I'm pretty logical, sleek, and methodical, and fairly well-built. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just not German. Modest. Yeah, yeah, modest, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I would choose. Nice. Jordan? For me, I'm going to have to go with a E55 wagon. Oh. Um, 
I am not muscular, <laughs> but I am, you know, I am practical being the account accountant that I am. Uh-huh. And I like to have a good time occasionally. So I think that kind of, it kind of sums it up nicely. Yeah. Kind of stealthy. Those things. How about you, Keith? Uh, a 67 Shelby Mustang because okay. it's loud. <laughs> yeah, it's loud. You can hear it coming, but it's also fun. And it's got a lot of stories, brings a smile to everyone's face. And, you know, even if they're not really into cars, they, they'll, they'll sit there and talk with you. And that's, something I love to do. Very nicely thought through. Well, guys, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer an ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, guys, we are back, and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask each of you to give me some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So we'll stay in line with Steve, then Jordan, then Keith. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? That's a tough one. Can we uh, maybe take a pass on that one? No, there are no passes here on cars. (laughs) We're on the straightaway. I'm not waving any of you guys by. you got to... you got to keep up here. So this is Jordan. Maybe I'll, I'll start off and we'll, we'll loop in uh, Stephen at the end. Okay. 
I mean, for me, um, a few months ago, I was looking to purchase um, a car and I kept saying I was going to buy a 996. Um, and everyone was telling me now is the time in your life to just do it. And I didn't do it. And now I'm kicking myself. But and I think um, if you have the means and you're young and uh, and, you're, and you're able to, I think you should just go ahead and, and, and buy that dream car and not put it off. I like it. There you go. How about you, Keith? So mine was a piece of driving advice my father gave me when I first learned to drive. And it was more of a, uh, a joke. And it was, what is the shortest amount of time in human history? And it's between when the light turns uh, red to green and the guy behind you starts honking his horn. <laughs> well, you guys are from New York, so I guess that happens back there. Not where I live. Everybody's just kind of... I'm actually from Boston originally, so it's worse. Well, even worse. Yeah. From So, so yeah. I hear. So I hear. I've only been to Boston a few times, but uh, I can hear things and get a little, little aggressive. And Steve, we're back to you now, so you got to give me an answer, pal. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually give you, uh, you know, one piece of advice that I guess Jordan and Keith give me all the time, which is learn how to drive stick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. you might get some, some hate email from this one, but, uh, you know, I love cars. I love the design. I love reading all about them constantly. I love looking at them, but unfortunately, don't, never learned how to drive stick. So that's oh, something we're going to have to work Steve. on. Steve. Oh, my <laughs> I gosh. Oh, yeah. That's our reaction every time. Yeah, well, I'm sending you a plane ticket right now. You're going to come out here, and I'm going to teach you how to drive a stick in a 930 Turbo so you can do it right. How does that sound? That sounds good. We might have uh, started to our YouTube channel, too. (laughs) There you go. Hey, we can kill a couple birds with one stone. Now, how about a personal habit, you guys? Uh, In order to juggle all the things you do in life, there must be some personal habits that you implement to make things work. So uh, what do you believe has contributed to your successes? Yeah, so I think really being dedicated and sticking to the schedule is probably the most important. So we kind of plan out everything for the next day in the evening uh, and coordinate the posts. And mm-hmm. then we schedule kind of a full week ahead over the weekend. So just that dedication and being methodical, I think, is is a big part of uh, you know what we do. And yeah, to piggyback off of that, for me, you know, I wake up um, around 5.30 every morning and from Six to almost eight is when I get, you know, all my CCC related work done mm-hmm. um, before I start my my normal my normal job. There you and go. just, you know, stick into that. Yeah. A personal habit for me that's actually actually helped me in both CCC and my professional careers. Working with Jordan and Steve has taught me to never be afraid to ask for advice or take criticism or see what people think about things. When you're writing things, it's a nice idea to sometimes bounce jokes and bounce ideas off of people. And, you know, there are references that I may get sometimes that Stephen Jordan may not get. And there are references that they'll throw out that I may not understand, but work really well within the page. So, you know, you just realize that you never know what's going to happen. And that, you know, the one thing I do know is that I don't know everything. Great. Well, those are all great attributes you guys have that certainly uh, apply toward the success you're having with CCC. Now, how about uh, resources? Now, there's lots of great resources. Of course, one of the best ones I know about is Classic Car Chasers. But other than that one, what are some of the resources you guys are really fond of? Yeah, so I guess I'll start out. I mean, we're big in, into just following people on social and then YouTube. So mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite, I think Jordan definitely shares this uh Doug DeMiro on, on YouTube. So he does kind of reviews of cars in a very lighthearted way, uh, pointing out a lot of the quirks and giving people 
the experience of what it's like to be with these cars firsthand for a lot of people who may not be able to. So it's something we have a lot of fun around, fun with. We always send these videos around and talk about mm-hmm. them. So cool. It's a good re- one of my favorite resources. One of my favorite resources is actually Steve. Um, <laughs> oh, Keith. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he finds things that are just fantastic. Like I read the same things. I watch Doug DeMiro and, and, and I read Jalopnik and all those things, but Steve always manages to find these, these outside things that you just, not everybody about. And it's actually kind of cool. Definitely got a good eye for that. Definitely nice. has a great eye for that stuff. Nice. Now, if I could arrange to have each of you sit down with a automotive enthusiast, somebody in the field, somebody in the industry, living or deceased, that you could sit down and talk with and bend their ear, who would that person be? Yeah, so this is Steve, and I'll start out. It's going to be a little cliche, but I think it's got to be Enzo Ferrari. You just see this throughout time. I mean, people have just have this vision of the brand, and they'll kind of put practicality aside, and they'll do whatever they can to see their vision executed. I mean, I think just have a tremendous amount of respect for that, and not to mention the insane cars that were produced. I think a drink with him would, would be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. I know, I know Stephen just brought this up, but it would actually have to be Doug Demura. I mean, because I, I think he is like where the, you know, the industry is heading. And I think he is the next generation car guy and kind of what we are striving to be. So he's in a way, you know, an idol. Nice. I would go a little classic and I would want to meet Jeremy Clarkson because really he's the one that, that started the whole thing. He's the one that got everybody into cars and I don't know. There's just, and, and I'd love to hear some jokes and stories and <laughs> I don't know. I just think I could have a really good conversation with him about nonsense. Yeah. Well, and he's a writer too, like you. So, he is a writer. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, me. Yeah. That was, that was his roots. So yeah, those would all be awesome guys to sit down. Now, it'd be great to have all of them in a room together. Uh, I think the only challenge for you, Steve, was uh, would Enzo Ferrari share very much? Because I understood as a person, he was a very quiet, kind of reserved guy. Kept his cards to his chest. But uh, maybe if you gave him a nice big glass of Chianti, he might loosen up a little <laughs> bit. So yeah, maybe maybe a few drinks while that. Yeah. Some exhaust stamps. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think he liked those. Now, how about a book? Uh, I have a great place on the Carsdale website called Guest Recommended Books, where I have all my guest recommend books. I made it kind of a quick, easy click to buy. But are there some books that you guys have read lately, car books, business books, self-help books that you think our listeners would enjoy? I'm really into more business books. So the last thing I read was uh, Jeff Bezos' story in the Everything Store. I think you know something that stood out to me was just kind of the the constant focus on the customer experience. So I think we talk a lot about how our users will interpret, you know, our posts and our stories and, mm-hmm. and how it will be received and kind of creating really good dialogues and discussions on posts. And I think that those little lessons can really influence our voice and what we're doing in Classic Car Chasers. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge reader. Um, I am taking a CPA exam and I've been uh, reading a lot about tax returns, but I won't bore you. <laughs> um, but I spend most of my time, you know, just reading, you know, blogs, um, watching YouTube, um, just trying to keep an eye on the industry. So, Is there one blog or YouTube that you like that maybe uh, might expose that to some of our listeners? I, I guess I'm really big on just following the automotive community on YouTube. And that's, you know, like I said, Dr. Muro, yeah. Stradman, Vehicle Virgins, mm-hmm. like, I mean... I just think it's interesting what they're doing and how um, how they're keeping the younger audience engaged. And I think that's really important when, you know, as we build out classic car chasers to keep an eye on the market. Absolutely. How about you, Keith? So there's, it's, it's interesting that you asked that. There's actually a book I just finished called The Devil's Mercedes. And it's actually this 
bizarre, fascinating book about Hitler's limousine in America. And it's, I love history and things of that nature. And it's just a, it's just a bizarre read. Um, and, and something interesting, it, you know, this was a, this was an evil man and, and his car came to the United States right after world war two. And, you know, the book is about the reactions, how people reacted to it when they saw it. I mean, I know that I probably would have spit on it, but who knows what other people would have done. And it, it's just really, it's just really fascinating. Yeah, that's a book by Robert Clara. It's an interesting, yes, it is. yeah, interesting book for sure. And given the time frame when that car came over compared to now, how it might be received in the collector car market, of course, the infamous owner, uh, distracts from the beauty of that car, that's for sure. But uh, definitely a unique book. I'm glad you recommended that one. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Steve Jordan and Keith's show notes page here on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com and type Steve Jordan and Keith into that search bar and that page will pop up. All right, guys, we're up to the fun part here, the checkered flag. And I'm going to buy each of you guys today any cool collector car in the world. Don't worry about the cost because I'm going to write three huge checks today, I have a feeling. Hopefully you'll be somewhat kind to me, but what the heck, I'm feeling good. So what would those cars be and why? Yeah, so for me, I think it's got to be a McLaren F1. I mean, this is a car that I kind of came of age um, around the same time, and I've never quite seen a car be so dominant kind of relative to other supercars as that car. So it took until the Bugatti Veyron to really dethrone the top speed record. And just the engineering is insane. So I've seen, seen I think, one or two in person. And it's one of the few cars that you see in pictures and then you see in real life and it really lives up to the hype. What color would you like that McLaren to be? I think it's got to be silver. I think you got to stick to the basics. The classic color. Yeah, they are beautiful cars. How about you, Jordan? Being a 90s baby, I tend to gravitate towards the modern stuff. Uh, so for me, it would have to be a 996. Porsche 911 GT2. Ooh, okay. Well, it's certainly not the most desirable of the Porsches. It's it's the bargain of the bunch. Modern enough to be reliable, yet it's classic enough to offer a, an analog driving experience. Well, you're a lot cheaper date than your brother, that's for sure. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> it's, in my opinion, you know, it's the best of both worlds, and uh, I want to wish you good luck in that McLaren F1 soon. Yeah, uh, likewise. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call your buddy um, Ralph Lauren up there in upstate New York. Maybe he'll let... Let his go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't think so. He doesn't have to sell anything. How about you, Keith? So even though I'm a, a Porsche guy, as we've kind of discussed, the first car, I got this model car when I was really young, and it was a British racing green Jaguar E-Type with a tan interior. And for some reason, that car has always stuck with me, and I've always wanted to own a British racing green Jaguar E-Type, uh, probably one of the, the Series 1, you know, maybe like a 61, 62 flat floor and the old steel dash. Um, you know, to me, it just represents the ultimate in style and design. You know, the, the cliche going back to one of Steve's people he'd like to meet. I mean, there's a reason Enzo Ferrari said it was the most beautiful car ever made. Like, yeah. to me, that just is the pinnacle of classic cars. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's what started it for me. My dad bought me a uh, Jaguar E-Type Matchbox by Lesney way back in uh, 1964, I think it was. I still have it sitting here right in front of me on my desk. That's what started it for me was the E-Type. Absolutely stunning, beautiful cars. Uh, there's enough of those around to find. So you guys haven't made it too hard, but Jordan's the winner on easy today. Although the GT2, those are a lot more rare cars. So uh, I might have to hunt for that a little bit. 
I'll send you my address after the call. Okay, no problem, guys. I know a lot of guys with some great transport companies, too, so we'll get them there safe and sound. Well, gentlemen, you have all taken me on a really fun ride today. I thought this would be fun, something special to have three guys on the show at once. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Could each of you offer us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 996 GT2, that Jaguar E-Type, and that McLaren F1. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is just, Jordan mentioned this a bit earlier, but kind of just chase the dream. So, you know, if we didn't start this and we didn't just put the effort, we wouldn't have this really cool thing that brought us together over the past few years. You know, if there's something you're really passionate about or interested in, you're thinking about doing something about it, you know, just go for it. You got very little to lose. For me, it's just find something that doesn't feel like work. And this isn't work for me. Work is what I do every day from nine to five. And this is what I do outside of work and happen to grow into something greater. But it's find something that is fun, is your passion. Sure. How about you, Keith? I would echo some of Steve's statements. And I would say, you know, chase your dream. And it's not so much about money or material things. It's more about the people that you're going to meet along the way. You know, we've been very fortunate to meet each other and have some great times. And, and, you know, I think that the experiences we've all shared, whether it's going to the concours or going to car shows together, I mean, to me that that's priceless. And we've all become such good friends because of our passion that's connected us all. And that's the piece of advice is, is get out there, follow your passion and meet some people who love what you do and, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I think the funny thing is we'd probably be doing the same thing if we had 500 followers yeah. versus, you know, 150,000 or so. So it's a lot of fun. Very cool, guys. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Talking and meeting great people. That's what I get to do every day. This has been a fantastic opportunity for me to meet you guys, learn a lot more about ClassicCarChasers.com. What's the best way for our listeners here today to find you guys and follow along with what you do? Yeah, I think the best way is um, on, on Instagram. So our handle is at ClassicCarChasers. And then, as you mentioned, the website is ClassicCarChasers.com. Also on Facebook, but a great way to kind of keep up with what we're doing and and see some really cool classes out there. There you go. Yeah, we also all have our own uh, individual pages as well. So you can sort of see what each of our individual styles are like. So you can also follow along at at Keith Chase's Classics, at Steve Chase's Classics, and at Jordan Chase's Classics on Instagram. There you go. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great places to go check these guys out on their show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Just head over there to cariesyeah.com, type Steve Jordan Keith into that search bar. Their page will pop up with all these links. I would encourage you to watch what these young men are doing. It's absolutely brilliant, fantastic. I can't wait to run into you guys someday on the lawn somewhere at a track or an auction. I'll be good to sit down with you and have a drink as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive experiences with me and the Car Child listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you guys down the road. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. This has been fun. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. 
Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.